Hello, love, and welcome to another episode of the Faith-Based Storyteller Show, where we sharpen and encourage one another in Christ by sharing the testimony God's placed on our lives. I'm your host, Michaela Robertson, and I appreciate you for joining me for another week and another terrific and testimony Tuesday episode. Now, I have to give you a trigger warning. This episode does contain conversation regarding overcoming childhood sexual trauma. So if that is an experience that you have not completely healed from, please be forewarned before jumping into this conversation. But I will ensure you that it will definitely be a blessing because after every test, there is a testimony. And I'm so grateful that our guest today, Winsome Alexander, has overcome trauma in her life and is now helping women around the world become empowered, become mentors, and overcome the traumas that they may face. And so without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to my sister in Christ, Winsome Alexander. Thank you. It's so nice to see your beautiful face. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm so excited to see you. And I'm so excited for the people to hear what it is you're going to deliver today. But before we get started, Please Uh tell the people who you are and what you do. Okay, so my name is Winsome Alexander. I am a self-empowerment mentorship. Um, I'm a mentor, okay. And I am the former publisher of a magazine for adult survivors of childhood trauma, Mm -hmm. right? And all the things that happen with um, adults that come out of that kind of trauma, such as sexual assault, domestic violence, depression, all of that. I was a um, uh, speaker for RAIN. I am on the the Speakers Bureau for RAIN, which is the Rape Rape and Incest National Network. I am an author, speaker. I have um, coordinated conferences and symposiums for adult survivors of childhood trauma. Um, What else? What haven't I done? And I I published a magazine. Did I mention that before? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Outspoken. Yes. Did I say outspoken? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So excited. I'm just so excited. Okay, so that's what I do. And now I am um, mentoring adult survivors of childhood trauma, taking them from being stuck, being bewildered, overwhelmed to um, creating their dream. Amen. I'm super excited to talk to you today because um, a lot of people don't know my story, but I am a survivor of childhood abuse and trauma. And I am super excited to talk to you because I love the work that you are doing and how you are helping so many women. Oh, so many. Let me tell you. Oh, my gosh. I did not know that about you. Okay. When I first came to terms with the fact that I was a a survivor of childhood abuse and trauma, I was scared to death to come out and say it because I thought people were going to think me dirty and nasty because that's how I felt about myself, right? People did not see me like that. People were inspired that I came out and shared my story. And then so many other people were inspired to come out. It blew my mind. Mm -hmm. I was not prepared for how many people have gone through these things that we have gone through. Absolutely. And what's even crazier is that 
a lot of people suppress it and they don't want to speak out because they were told that either one, nobody would listen, nobody would believe them, or they literally just didn't want shame brought to their family or to themselves or anything like that. So I completely understand. All those things, Michaela, all those things is what I learned when I finally came out and started speaking out and listening to these uh, other people's stories. And one of the things I love about what you're doing, there were two things that marked the magazine that I uh, published for five years. One thing was allowing people to tell their stories like you're doing right now. Amen. It's so amazing. What an amazing vehicle for people Amen. to be able to share. And then the other thing was allowing, uh, showcasing our gifts and talents. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that you and I have in common. That's amazing. So I thank you also for being um, obedient and doing what you're called to do. Amen. When I read your bio and everything came in, I was like, oh, I'm excited about this because I actually, this started as a magazine. Iron Wifey started as a magazine that I published for three, four years and now it's online. Um, yes. And so when I read about Outspoken, I was like, oh, this is a woman after my own heart. She knows. Exactly. And how do you like the name, the title? The Lord gave me that title. Because, I love it. Yes, that was... Um, Back in primary school, a teacher had called me outspoken and I've been known to be like Frank and outspoken and everything. And the Lord gave me that as a title for the magazine and how fitting. How fitting. I love it. Now, Winsome, I really want people to understand why it's so powerful for them to tell their story. So can you please walk us through your story and how you overcame the childhood trauma and sexual abuse? Oh my gosh. First of all, trauma keeps us, wants to keep us silent. And silence is our enemy mm. because the devil hides in silence, right? As long as you remain silent, he can torment you and make you feel like you're alone and make you feel like you're hopeless. When you make you feel, make you live in shame. When you begin to tell your story, some of that shame and guilt dissipates. Amen. Right? When you begin to tell your story, you realize that you are not alone, that there are so many other people going through or have gone through what you've gone through. So that's one important thing, one important reason why you tell your story. Now, so my life was just a mess, just a mess, as you can imagine. That's what happens. That was that that's trauma response. You just you're just a mess. So um, and it just so happened that one day, God is so good. He uh, he speaks to us in such amazing ways. And it just occurred to me one day, like I was in a fog, and then it's like the fog cleared, and I realized, oh my gosh, I was sexually assaulted as a child. I was raped by my uncle. I was molested by neighbors. I was raped in high school, became pregnant, and then kicked out of school like it was my fault, hmm. right? I was drugged and repeatedly raped another time. 
There, there were so many times in my life that I was sexually assaulted, right? And then coming to terms, understanding that all of that trauma is what transferred into my adult life and I just couldn't get myself together, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, all that led to mental illness, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, <clears throat> so the day when I realized that these things happened to me, I felt like I had to share. I felt like I had to tell somebody because it was just too much to keep. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I was looking for relief and I was looking for help and I didn't know where to go to help. There was no support for us. Mm -hmm. Right. Because what I found out as, you know, they don't want us to talk about it. They feel like we're adults now and we should have been able to move on with life. But the problem is these things live with you forever, mm -hmm. forever. You get to a place where you're no longer ashamed, right? Mm -hmm. You overcome some of your challenges and whatnot, but the, the, um, the effects, the effects still linger on throughout the rest of your life mm -hmm. and that's where when I started the magazine all I could do all I could offer people was a vehicle for them to tell their stories you know and offer some support and build a little community mm -hmm. but it took me many years even after that to come to a place where I have a way for you to heal Amen. Now, okay because <laughs> I have done so much healing. I have overcome so much. I, I pretty much know how to do life now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Coming from a person who was desperate. Yeah. Homeless, lost, crazy. Forgive that word. Right. I'm not even supposed to be sitting here with you today. Mm. There were hits ordered on my life by boyfriends. Mm. And did I say boyfriends? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I know what it's like to walk around with bruises on my face and on my body and not have the courage to explain how they happen. Mm. Right? Mm. Heidi, I mean... In my trauma, I learned terms that exist in psychology that I didn't know. I, I guess God told me. But I remember one day, I was trying to pretend that I wasn't covered in bruises and hurting. And I was, I was walking around my neighborhood. I should have been indoors hiding. I don't know where I got the idea that I should go walking around the neighborhood with these bruises. I was trying to pretend that there were no bruises on me. I had not been beaten, right? And I remember feeling split like two different people mm -hmm. trying to hide <laughs> in plain sight that I was just battered hmm. that's a lot to overcome for a young person I was in my early 20s at that time a lot to overcome for so you know um you understand that 
when no one teaches you how to do life, you're going to be lost. Yeah. I couldn't hold down a job, right? I couldn't even do the simplest cashier job. Mm -hmm. I get fired or I do something or I just don't show up, traumatized, stressed out, right? All of that is behind me now. Amen. All of that is behind me. I think I went through the stuff. I went through the stuff. And, and now I understand. Throughout all my suffering, even when I was a little child, I remember feeling like my life was supposed to be great. Mm. That I was supposed to impact a lot of people. Okay. When I didn't quite understand the calling, I thought I was meant to be famous. I understand now it's not that I, I'm supposed to be famous. I'm just supposed to inspire and influence adult survivors of childhood trauma. Mm. Right. And I remember many years ago, like 20 plus years ago, the Lord saying to me, this is one of the things that have kept me through all the struggles. God saying to me, um, they wonder how you manage, but I'm the one that's been helping you. Amen. He said to me, yours will not come until you're much older, but you will not be too old to enjoy it. Mm. I've never forgotten that. I have never forgotten that. And I understand now, because my life really began in my 50s. <laughs> I understand now if he had given me my stuff back then, I wouldn't have the package to offer to people who need it now. Amen. I love how God works. Amen. I love how God works, man. Amen. It's so interesting because I have a similar experience where the Lord told me as a child, I honestly thought I was going to be famous. <gasps> But I did. I thought I was going to be famous because I always had the same dreams. I knew my last name was going to be Michaela Robertson, even though my maiden name is Cummings. I knew that I was going to have twins. I'm not pregnant. This is not a pregnancy announcement, but I always dreamed of two babies. And I always saw myself on this stage and there were thousands or millions of people out in the audience. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to have my own talk show. I'm going to be famous. And I've always held on to that. But the first time that I was sexually abused, I was four. I was four and the it was three boys and they were like 13, 16 and 17. And so I remember always waking up in the middle of the night with no clothes on. And I would remember I'd have to go put on clothes because I didn't know what had happened. Or I remember being introduced to pornography before I even started grade school and preschool. And so it's like, the things that happen as a child, they really do like walk with you through your whole life. And I realized that it was my turn to heal when I got married, because it wasn't until I got married where I realized triggers from my past, yes. because I was molested by one of my uncles. And one of the games that we used to play is the tickle game. And it was the tickle monster. 
and everybody would get under the covers and the tickle monster would come after you. And I realized that the tickle monster always tickled me in areas I wasn't supposed to be tickled. Wow. And so I grew up and I hated being tickled. I hated, like, it was like a, like, I don't, people think it's funny, you know, kids, ha ha ha. I hated it with the core and I got married and my husband would tickle me and I would just like, it was like a trigger. And I was just like, like snap. And he's like, yo, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, it was, it was my childhood. It was the fact that I hated being tickled and my body would just lock up and I would just want to escape my body in that instance. So and is that when you made the connection when your husband was tickling? When my husband was tickling. Wow. Had you forgotten all of that that had happened to you? I, never, that? I never forgot it, but I never made but the connection. Connection. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not like your friends would just go around tickling you. But like right. when you're playing with your husband, you get married, it's more intimate. It's like, oh, okay, great. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize that until I got married. And then I also realized that I was disconnected sexually when I first got married because of things that people did to me and so whenever I would be touched by my husband who I know loves me and wants me and cares for me and this is who I'm supposed to give my body to there would be triggers of people who have touched me in the past and I have to like realize this is not that that's right my marriage literally my marriage is what allowed me to get on that healing journey but amazing is that I know God is good. But one thing I want to talk about is that when I was a child, I was told if you tell anybody, they're never going to believe you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was told that constantly. This is, I I was molested from three to eight. My parents had the sex talk with me when I was eight. And by that time, the things that they were talking to me about in my mind, I'm like, well, this happened at this age and this happened at this age, but they told me that if I tell anybody, they're never going to believe me. So I can't say anything. And it was so interesting because my dad, who God bless his soul, he passed away in 2020 due to suicide, which I know is something you also um, help people through. Yes. um, My dad, when I was, had to be 13, 13 or 14, he came up to me and he was like, I have to ask you a question and I want you to be honest with me. And I was like, okay, what, what's going on, dad? Um, and he was like, did so-and-so ever touch you? And for some reason I was like, yes. And this happened and this happened. And I was like, how did you know? He was like, the Holy spirit told me to ask you. Wow. And it was crazy because when I told my dad, it opened the floodgates for other young girls. And it turned out that me telling my dad, he went to his brothers and asked them to ask all their daughters. They went to their friends who had also been molested by the same man. And it ended up that he was arrested arrested for um, child molestation. Um, And it was because I told my dad what happened. And so you talk about the power of speaking up and being outspoken. If my dad had never asked me, I would have never shared that. Never. Because I would have never thought anybody would ever believe me. I am touched by your father. 
his ability to hear the Holy Spirit and then even his courage to ask you that. Now, was there um, any like support or like therapy or anything after that for you to deal with? No, no. therapy, no support, um, but I felt like I could finally speak up. And that was that was one thing that was important for me because I didn't think that I could speak up, but because my dad asked me and I trusted my dad, I felt like I could finally speak up. And so once I spoke up and realized that it was like 30 or 40 other girls that had come forward and spoke up, I was like, oh, okay. That many? That with many. one predator? With one guy. Oh man, he was sick. He was yes. seriously sick. Yes. Hey there, Storyteller. I just want to interrupt this episode really quick to let you know that Faith Audio Network is now open. Faith Audio Network is our community for storytellers like you, storytellers who listen to podcasts like this, storytellers who know they have a voice and they know that God has given them a powerful gift to be able to go out and speak for him, to give him glory. So if you know that you are interested in joining a community that is going to hold you accountable, that is going to pray with you, that is going to intercede on your behalf, and that's going to sharpen your faith, this is the community for you. To learn more and to register, please visit faithaudionetwork.com. That's faithaudionetwork.com. My God. Now, regarding people not believing you, um, I struggle with that a little bit still because when I got the, my mother did believe me about my uncle and stuff, and they really don't know. My family doesn't know about all the sexual assault and all the beatings and stuff. But when I opened up to her about a neighbor that had molested me, I got the feeling she did not believe me. Hmm. And she spoke to one of my sisters and my sisters was asking me to tell her what happened. And as I was talking to her, the questions that she was asking kind of felt like, you don't believe me. I feel like, and then my mother had confronted the man and he told her whatever story he told her, I don't know. But my mother continued to be friends with that man, right? They're mm -hmm. still friends. And it makes me think, if you really believe that he molested your 12, 13-year-old daughter, how can you still be friends with him? Hmm. I think it's... I don't, I don't have the courage to ask her about that. I would pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you. Because one thing that I have learned in my healing journey, and it's so like, I think it's so divine that we're having this conversation. My word for this year is divine. Um, yes. but literally just last week, I told my mom <gasps> and my mom and my mom knew that, you know, I've been molested as a kid, but she didn't know the extent and she didn't know that some of it happened under her watch. And she was like, I was trying to protect you. I didn't know like how I, I should have known. And I was just like, you had you were raising me as a single mother. You were divorced. I was going back and forth between households. You would have never known. You would have never known because I was told that I wasn't supposed to tell. And so just in having the conversation and creating the space 
for you and your mother to have that conversation, for it to be a safe space with no judgment, with no condemnation. Um, I learned as an adult that I have to have more empathy for my parents. Yes. Because, because yes. they did, they do the best that they did with yes. what they had. And yes. while as a child, I look up to them as like, you're my mom, you're supposed to do this. You're my dad. But as an adult, I realized my parents did the best that they could. Yes. Yes. And some things that I have gone through, they have gone through. And right. so it's right. more than just me. This is spiritual. This is oh, a generational true. curse that is passed oh. down from mm -hmm. one generation to the, the, the next. And the problem was so many generations before me were so silent. They didn't talk about yeah. these things. And now it's hit my generation and this generation is talking about it. And mm -hmm. we're unpacking and allowing our older generations to heal because we're having these conversations. Exactly. And in large part, preventing more of it from happening. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, because I, I, I questioned how my mother didn't know. Uh, there was one day my mother, um, was she used to wash her clothes and she was washing one of my underwear. And she approached me and asked me, my underwear was soiled in a way that a, a, a child's underwear shouldn't have been soiled. And... I don't know what she could have thought. And she 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 pretty much what is the word I wanted to say? Um accused me. Mm -hmm. She pretty much accused me of, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how can you not know? I'm waking up, I'm I'm going, I'm waking up with bags under my eyes, I'm sleepy, I'm having headaches every day you how could you not know that something is going on with your child and now you want to accuse me yeah sometimes so, sometimes it's not a matter of not knowing it's a matter of not accepting not because accepting. because sometimes like you don't know what happened to her we don't know what happened to her we don't know if this is a generational curse we don't know what her family members did to her mm -hmm. or not did to her and we don't mm -hmm. know how she is processing what happened to her by mm -hmm. seeing what's happening to you. We never right. know. No. So right. I really just think it's like truly pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal how you can heal and further love your mother more when it comes to that situation, mm -hmm. when it comes to this topic. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But also just to have more empathy because they did the best yeah. that they could. Yeah. I'm at a place where I get, I get where she, I get, cause she tells me her story. Mm -hmm. She tells me her story on the time and I listen. Cause I mean, it's fascinating. I realized she was also traumatized, mm -hmm. right? In, in many, many ways. Right. So, yeah. So now we have the relationship where we, we do talk about stuff, but there are just some things I have not addressed with her yet because they so involve her mm -hmm. i pray that it'll get there and that the two of you can heal and take yeah. that relationship to the next level yeah yeah because one of the reasons i haven't been able to publish my book this is my book look at it Ooh, she's ready i not been able to publish it because when i publish it and she reads i don't want her to hurt Mm -hmm. I don't want her to um take on guilt and live in guilt i want her to be happy and you know 
prosperous and everything. So it's one of the reasons I have not published the book yet. I'm I'm waiting for God to give me, tell me how to do it mm -hmm. so that she's not hurt in the process. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. I can't yeah. wait to see that healing process between the two of y'all. Can't wait to see it and read the book. You know, <laughs> you'll hear, you'll hear. Now, Winsome, I am curious. You work with so many women um, and just people in general who have overcome abuse and trauma. What are some of the what are some of the things that people can do who may not be in a situation where they can start healing? Like what are some practices they can put in place? What are the first steps that they should take? Well, let me tell you the honest to goodness truth. The honest to goodness truth is um, my healing started when I found the courage to start sharing my story. Okay. If you can find someone that you can sh share your story with, that will, oh my gosh, that will open up a whole avenue that you can further explore for healing, mm -hmm. right? Share your story. Don't hide it. Um, the other thing that is get around communities that are going through the same things or have gone through the same things that you've gone through. If you can find support groups, there are some support groups on Facebook. Now, back in my day, I couldn't find support. Oh my gosh, I looked everywhere. Um, I, I, the first support group I found was in Australia. That's how much we weren't talking about this stuff. Wow. And then I found something in some other state and I joined them and was trying to do it in where I lived at the same time. So if you can find some support and that's why in my program, let me tell you, mm -hmm. if you get nothing else out of my program, you're going to get support because you're going to need that. You need that. Nobody can do it without support. The support goes a long, 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 long way to your healing right and then you've got to get you've got to deal with the mental health part of it amen you you've got to get a hold on your mental health because that trauma that abuse is going to affect your mental health it's going to affect how you feel about yourself and if you don't like yourself and you feel like you're hopeless and you feel like you can't accomplish your dreams, you're having a mental health problem and that needs to be addressed. So seek out help. Um, for me, when I began to take care of my mental health, I went to the internet and I searched um, free mental health in my county. So whatever county you live in, if you search free mental health, you'll find somewhere, something out there that will help you. Um, when I was searching, I was, I was in such a bad way. I was having suicidal thoughts. They didn't even hesitate to admit me, right? They're like, come in now, <laughs> right? So... reach out, just search up some of those places. They're out there and um, go in for that kind of help. You might need medication. You might not. If you need medication, please don't 
don't hesitate to take it at least for a while to get you over the hurdle. I remember when I was first introduced to medication, I was like, first of all, when I was first diagnosed with depression, I, I, I refused to accept it. I was like, me? Mentally ill? No way. And I would not take the medication. But mm -hmm. after a while, I ended up being hospitalized three weeks in the, in the mental hospital. And I saw people come in out of their minds and got on medication and began to just do better. And I was like, oh, okay. But that's what the medicine is for. If you had some other illness that needed medication, you wouldn't hesitate to take it. So why not take it for your mental health? Mm -hmm. Then get you some um, counseling. One of the fastest quantum leap I'm, I made um, in my life, getting my life together, was when I did some CBT counseling for 16 weeks. And that challenged how I felt about myself. And after that, <laughs> my life just took off. So one of the things I emphasize in my program is please look after your mental health. Do not take it for granted Amen. because all the good advice you get, all the motivational speeches, and none of it is going to click. None of it is going to make sense. You're not going to be able to use any of that if your mental health is out of order. Amen. Tell us a little bit about your program, the Power Up Your Dream program. Power Up Your Dream. So power up because we are doing the things to create our dream, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the dream I talk about is that one thing that you want more than anything else in the world. So you are taking back all the things that were stolen from you through abuse and trauma. You're taking back your mental health, you're taking back your finances, you're taking back your relationships, your goals, your purpose, your peace of mind. So we're doing these things in the program to take back all those things. That's the powering up that we're talking about. Okay. And I told you about the dream and self-empowerment now is because we are taking responsibility for our lives. Things happen to us, yes, but now it's our turn to take our power back and we can create a new story, right? We can create that dream. God gives us the power to create. He gives mm -hmm. us the power to even get wealth, doesn't he, mm -hmm. right? He has bestowed amazing gifts and talents in us that did get buried in trauma. Mm -hmm. So we work on unearthing some of these gifts and talents. We work on you learning who you are, Amen. right? Because who you are, <clears throat> what I'm very invested in doing in get, is getting us back to that original person that God had a plan for from in the womb, right? Yep. Before trauma came and knocked you off course, there was a plan for you and it wasn't for you to suffer all the days of your life. You had gifts and talents and you had something in you, something significant for you to contribute to humanity, 
all that stuff gets buried in trauma. So we do work to unearth who you are to put you back in touch with yourself and with your power. Amen. Right? And then we go through the steps. We walk right through your life. For seven weeks, we walk through your life. And um, we clean up. <laughs> we clean up. And we, um, at the end of it, you come out with a plan, with direction. That's another thing that holds us back. We don't have direction. Mm -hmm. We don't know which way to go. We don't know where to go for help. Well, help is here. Help is available, right? And mm -hmm. I'm invested. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. I, one of the things about me is I'm a great listener, right? Mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm even talking this much. I'm not a talker, you know. <laughs> I guess I'm talking about things that interest me. But I'm a I'm a good listener, and um, and I lost my train of thought right there. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. I'll come back. I'll come back to it. Okay, we're here. So, you know, when you are buried in trauma and stuff, it's come it's like it's like a, a person you're in bondage, right? It's like a person in prison. Mm -hmm. Right? You can come out of prison, but you still have that bondage mindset. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to live free. Mm -hmm. now, right you probably still think that you are still in prison you're still doing the things trauma response to life mm -hmm. the things that could get you put back in prison so you kind of need an acclimation program to help you prevent you from going back to prison a lot of people end up going back because they don't have that bridge that support system program to help them not go back there my program kind of acts like that um, acclimation program. When you realize that now you have been in bondage by trauma, here is a program that can take you, transition you to the next step. Amen. How can people find your program or sign up for your program? Now, my program, um, you can email me at dream at powerupyourdream.com. Okay. okay. You can find me on LinkedIn at Power Up Your Dreams Self Empowerment Program. And you can find me on Instagram at Winsome Living. And I wanted to I wanted to run people through some of the things that are covered in the dream in the in the program mm -hmm. and one of the things is um oh it's so much it is so much there's no way I could sit here and tell you everything that will be covered in the program it is so much it is life-changing let me tell you a 30-minute one-on-one session with me at some point during the eight weeks so we're gonna have seven weeks when we're doing work um okay creating your life and on the eighth week we're going to dress up and graduate because seven is the number for completion for 
completion and then eight is for new beginnings, right? Mm -hmm. And then we're gonna deal with taking charge of your mental health. You're gonna learn who you are and you're gonna develop an elevator pitch to say who you are because when somebody asks you who you are, you, you need to be able to tell them, mm -hmm. right? No, no more um, no more hiding, <laughs> no more hiding, you're coming out of prison. Um, you're going to be able to clarify what you want and how to achieve it and begin taking steps towards it. You're going to be able to share your story, right? And this is a Amen. safe place. You're going to learn how to share it, why, how, where, and when to share the story. You'll have financial counseling featuring guest speakers. You'll have, we're going to work even on your credit. Uh, we're going to set some goals. We're going to look at your major relationships and how they affect you and how they can help you get what you want. You're going to discover your purpose, your talents, your gifts, your Z genius zone. Goodness. I'm operating in my genius zone right now. And you <laughs> have one. You're going to find out what yours is. And you're going to see it's so you, much like it's you're literally lot. giving them so it's a, much. it's a lot. It's a lot because yes. I'm it. I want to see change. Amen. I don't want you suffering anymore. Amen. Well, you guys are hearing it. If you resonate with this message, if you resonate with anything we have talked about today, you are ready to heal. You are ready to change. You are ready to power up your dreams. Make sure you guys check out when to living on Instagram, um, dream at powerupyourdreams.com. I'm going to have all of the links in the show notes below. So you guys can just go ahead, click there and see everything that Winsome has to offer. Because literally, like she mentioned in the very beginning, unless we take care of our mental health, unless we address the trauma, it will stay with us our entire lives, yes. our entire lives. And what I love about her program is that this is more than just healing from childhood drama. She's addressing every area of your life. You heard her say credit score. She's addressing every area yes. of your life. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're going to learn what I did to fix my credit score. And I came from a place where they wouldn't give me nothing, baby. Nothing. My credit was tore up. Okay. <laughs> And life is great. I I just I took myself to Italy for my birthday. Okay. And I'm going to Morocco in April. I'm okay. Yes, I'm serious. Coming from a person who was lost. I am okay. telling you, my plan, my program is gonna help you. Amen. You can't afford not to do it. I know that's right. Future is calling you, and the time is now. The time is definitely now. If you are ready to overcome any trauma, not even childhood trauma, if you are able to over, if you're willing to overcome any trauma that you have experienced in your life and break any chains that have kept you bound, the time is now for you to power up your dreams. The time is now for you to heal. And as Winsome did, she got in community. You know, she made sure she took care of her mental health. You know, she made sure that she addressed the issues that were at hand and allowed herself to speak up and tell her story, which is why we're here. It's so important for you to speak up and tell your story. Even the Bible says that we overcome the, the plan of Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And your testimony is your story. And so it's time for you to speak up and tell your story. And so, yes. so I'm just so grateful that you came today. I'm so grateful that I was able to just hear elements of your story, to have this conversation with you, to just sit and just really just give God all the glory for everything in your all life. All the glory. 
all the glory. And I thank you so much for having me. Thank you for using this vehicle to help us tell our stories and show our gifts. Thank you for being obedient. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for who you are. Thank you also for sharing. And listen, if you want to talk some more about that stuff, I, I have ears. I got you. I got you. Now, before I let you go, I do have three questions that I end every single interview with. I just want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. So no pressure. Okay. Person? You're okay. the first okay. thing okay. that comes to okay. mind. Okay. We're playing a game. Okay. <laughs> So the first question is, what does it mean to you to be about your father's business? It means everything because he has put so much in me that how can I not be about his business? How can I not express all the things that he has put in me? It's it's everything. Amen. Question number two, what are you grateful for in this season of your life? I am grateful to be able to travel and go anywhere I want to go. And I don't have to travel economy. Oh, I know that's right. <laughs> so I know sorry. that's right. I don't have to travel economy. Hey Amen. Let me get to, we not traveling. Let me get to a place where we not traveling economy no more. I'm, I'm here for this. I'm serious. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the very last question, we believe that as iron sharpens iron, one woman sharpens another, derived from Proverbs 27, 17. So how do you, Winsome, sharpen the women in your life? I am here as support. I have ears. Let me tell you something. You can talk to me. You can reach out and you can talk to me. I am here as support. My favorite word in the English language is support because even Jesus Christ needed support. Mm -hmm. When he was carrying the cross and couldn't carry it anymore, someone had to come and help him. Mm -hmm. When he wanted to go to the, the garden to pray, he called for his um, disciples to support him. They fell asleep, but I mean, he called for them because he needed support. Mm -hmm. We all need it and I'm here for it. Amen. Winsome, thank you so much for joining us. It has truly been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, my love. Didn't I tell you that that was going to be a blessing? It's actually very interesting because there are parts of my story that I haven't shared publicly that actually came out in this conversation. So I praise the Lord for allowing us to have a testimony after our trauma. Like Winsome said in the beginning, silence is an enemy. And when the enemy tries to silence us, he is taking away the very gift that God has given us to be free, to be healed, to find release from any trauma we faced in life. So just know that at the end of the day, God's got you. If you struggle with um, overcoming trauma or healing from past traumas, I encourage you to seek help, to find resources, to turn to the Lord because he's definitely going to help you. But more than anything, I encourage you to know that you can overcome whatever you've been through. And so thank you so much for joining us in this episode. I love you guys. And just remember that God loves you and so do I.